What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Melodic, and you're listening to STP Radio. Nothing you hear on this show is financial advice. Welcome back to another episode of STB Radio. I'm your host, Melodic, a.k.a. Chris. Today, we dive into a discussion with DeFi Staker to discuss art and NFTs, generative art, and the future there. And at the very end, we have Reddit artist Fatty Banks join us for a few words on the Reddit community. Hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. Welcome to STB Radio. We're live every Wednesday at 7.30 EST. But be aware, next week we will be switching it up by 30 minutes, pushing it to 8 p.m. EST next week. That is next Wednesday. We'll be pushing ahead. Join my newsletter. It's in my bio. Stay up to date on current crypto news and receive exclusive content. Make sure to comment below and retweet this space. It helps the algorithm and helps new people find us. So that would be hugely appreciated. This is STB Radio, the NFT evening show. We're super Super excited for everyone to join us today and get into some good discussion. Today we have co-host Nick. We will be discussing all things Web3 NFT, specifically focusing on art. I have some feedback from one of my other speakers, so just give me one moment here. To... So we're joined here with Nick. We have, sorry if I butcher this, but is it Elamai? Is that correct? Elamai, but Elamai, it's okay. okay. You can call me Emily, it's fine. That's Emily. my actual name. Beautiful. I will not make that mistake again. I am not good with names. That is for sure. No we have a good friend, friend Flourish on the stage to speak. And then our special guest, DeFi Staker. He has a nice collection of art that we'd like to talk about. And then we have some beautiful people in the audience that we definitely want to give a shout out to. So thank you to the people in the audience. And if you can, in the bottom, there's a little box to comment. It's really helpful to just write something in there. So to start things off, I'll just do a quick recap of the latest and greatest, and then we'll just dive in to the fun. 24-hour volume OpenSea sitting at 11.3 million. You love to see it. Those are great numbers. Blur sitting at 8.5 million. Now we can assume 40 to 50% of that is wash trade and anticipation for the airdrop. Magic Eden sitting at abysmal 2.1 million. You hate to see that. Notable sales, we've had uh, Board 8 Yacht Club 591 sell for 250 ETH. You love to see it. And another Board 8 selling for 139 ETH. We have the Kennel Club as a trending collection up 26% on the back of the announcement. And Trump Cards down 20%. You hate to see people taking fat L's on that. But if anyone's going to lose in any collection, it might as well be the people who bought the Trump Cards. Diving into some news, Apple plans to allow external iOS apps. This shift in sentiment could open doors for, for uh, crypto developers in 2024. Donald Trump launches NFT project on Maddox, he's high volume on secondary, and then plummets. Yuga Labs hire Blizzard head as next CEO. Amazon announces NFT series, NFT me TV series. So that should be very exciting. It is, let me read this, currently available for users in the United Kingdom and United States, and it will be eventually open to worldwide. Yuga Lab, Kennel Dog, Yuga Labs, Kennel Dog surge on the back of the announcement, as I mentioned just a few moments ago. So that is some of the biggest headlines from the last week. I did miss a few bigger ones that I figured a lot of people would know about, but there was something recently that I actually dropped that I wanted to mention that was quite interesting to me. That OpenSea opens a contract form for early access to the Drops product. So if you go on OpenSea now under Drops, you can actually submit a form to be featured on their Drops page, which would be open, to, basically it opens it to anyone. That's the latest and greatest. I wanted to throw it to any of my speakers or co-hosts if they had anything to add or if there was any news topics there that caught their attention they wanted to comment on. I wanted to see uh, what everyone thought about the new Yuga Labs CEO. So I, I think it's pretty interesting that they they hired uh, the Blizzard guy. Any thoughts about that? I think that's a great topic. I really like, I've, I've heard a lot of different takes on this. And the one thing that I'm surprised about time and time again is people are really focusing on his last two and a half years experience, which is with Activision. But if you look deeper than that, he spent 16 years at Google and a major part of his role there was being in charge of strategic partnerships. That was a long tenured role you had for him. And I feel like that is a super bullish case 
you know, I mean, that could be the larger reason for the acquisition. Obviously, you have a guy like this. He can really uh, bring in a lot of partners for his old experience. He, he was a part of the golden era with a lot of those those games. So definitely bullish on the game in front. But I'm super curious to see if this is more of a play leaning on his Google experience. I saw that, too. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, to have like someone who, you know, obviously has such knowledge with like Web2 and um, yeah, like, I mean, he's obviously a, a heavy hitter. I'm not like a, I'm not really that into gaming. So I know that people who are much more into that have opinions on the gaming side of things. Um, you know, I've heard a few different things. I'll be honest in that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about him at all. Um but the fact, so if you figure for being at Activision Blizzard, if he was at Google for 16 years, that really puts him right at like the beginning of when Google started getting big. I think probably around the time like people actually started using the word like Google for that, like I'm going to Google that. So that says a lot about him getting into, you know, these technological spaces early and watching them grow and being there while they grow. So I think just for web three in general, that's extremely bullish. It's a really good signal. And I don't know how much the gaming aspect will play into uh, board apes. I know they have, um, I know they have their games. I've never seen them. I'm not a holder. So I'm not sure like how in depth those games are, but I think overall that's just a, an awesome signal for web three as a whole. And yeah. it also makes me wish I, I had a board, a product. <laughs> well, that's it. And you kind of, I think you hit the key point at the, at the end of that statement was it's good for the web three as a whole. So that's a really big acquisition that they made. And people on LinkedIn are really talking about it because this is, you know, he wasn't in a small role. Like he was in like with Activision, which is massive for him to move to a web three brand is a big, big statement. So you definitely love, love to see that. Now we do have, uh, Flourish up on stage and we have DeFi Staker. Maybe just real quick, Flourish, give us, uh, you know, your two, three sentences on what you're building here in Web3 and, and, and what's going on. little intro. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can start it off. So uh, I joined probably four months ago. I came in through the Twitter because I was big into the sneaker world. And before uh, NFTs, sneaker Twitter was pretty much the thing. So I've been on Twitter. For a long time, I bounced around with all these other accounts, and um, I came in through the Twitter, got interested in Web3 and crypto, uh, probably for the last year. Crypto is really my start, like Solana, Ethereum, Bitcoin, all like the basic uh, stuff like that. And uh, at the moment, there there is sort of an end goal, uh, thinking about making like a podcast, thinking about, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to do with this account, but at the moment, what I'm sort of doing is just putting out these uh, these little little tweets about like life advice almost and i'm sort of my new thing is like attaching a graphic to it so i'll go in canva pop in like a little graphic and so far the feedback has been good people like the the visual element and uh i enjoy making them so that's sort of where i'm at right now i'm sort of just trying to build up the the brand and the reputation i mean long term i kind of do want to start a project but that's way way down the line so I'm going to practice, uh, you know, being very patient here and building my brand for hopefully the next, uh, however, pretty much however long it takes. I'm, I'm here for the long haul. So there's the rundown. We well, love to hear about people building in the space, especially in the bear. So super bullish on that. And you got to, you know, I definitely need to hear more about sneaker Twitter. That's something that I make sense that it would exist because all kind of niches exist on Twitter, but that's not something I've been a part of. And I, I didn't realize there was like a close community on that. But before we get to that, I want to give a little intro to DeFi Staker, or I guess let him give a little intro. So maybe just a few words on um, what you're working on, how you got into the whole art scene, and, and what's what's going on. GM, everyone. Um, yeah, so I, I've been in crypto since 2017, been in NFTs since like late 2020, early 2021, kind of stumbled upon art blocks in early 2021, joined the Discord, became a prominent member of the community or a very active member at least and uh yeah i love my gen art i'm a big gen art enthusiast and big art collector overall i also run a friends and family fund that uh, i manage for my friends and family and that fund collects essentially just nfts as well so you know i'm an active trader just trying to find pockets and areas that um i feel like investments can be made and uh but collect art that i love so always love to talk about it, share what I'm doing, share what I'm learning. And 
and yeah, it's really important. I agree. And the bear, this was my mistake after 2017 when, when crypto kind of tanked, uh, a lot of people just kind of left and I was one of those people still held my bags, but I wasn't very active, but I said to myself that in the next bear, I was not going to take that same strategy and I was going to stick around, learn, network, um, make friends. And that's what we're doing. So happy to be here. Thanks for the invite, Chris. No, I really appreciate it. I kind of went on a bit of a tirade looking for people in that community and, and you were one of the first ones to pop up. So I was really, really happy when you messaged me back. And it looks like you got quite the grail of a doodle there and you got to love that. I also meant to doodles and I'm still holding one. So definitely got to love the doodle fam. Assuming that it like, is a doodle. I think it is. That's a, that's a coffee dude, yep. Yeah, I love that. Beautiful. So we'll keep things rolling, rolling along here. So the goal is to kind of get into a little bit of a dialogue conversation, try to offer the podcast listeners and space listeners as much as value as we can, have some fun, try to take it easy. So I guess just to kind of like DeFi, this might be directed towards you to kind of start things off. How does one, you know, begin their journey in art blocks and other generative drops? Because it's like so daunting to even think about to get into this scene because it seems so fragmented. There's like, there's just a lot going on and it almost seems like maybe um, there's um what's like the word, like it's gate kept is the impression that I would have. So like, what would you say to people that just want to start tip, dipping their toes and then like generative art and art blocks? Great question. Um, couple, couple tidbits I'll point out here. Uh, the first one, join the art blocks discord and roll up to a channel called block talk. It's where all the generative enthusiasts kind of hang out. The artists are in there. Artblocks employees are in there and all the collectors are in there. Um, when there's sales on Artblocks, there's a, a bot in that channel called Artbot and the bot kind of fires off all the sales and then people react to the sales as if they like them and stuff. Um, so that's, that's one place you can go. Another place that I like to hang out is called Grailers DAO. There is, it's a DAO, so there's like a token you need to buy to get entry into it. But within Grailers, there's a lot of, it's kind of like almost gated block talk. So there's a lot of really smart minds in there that are talking about alpha and like upcoming drops. There's also artists in there that are sharing information on other artists. And it's just a great community there where art and gen art is like, it's all shared and everyone can kind of learn from each other. Um, and another entryway would be FX hash, which is on Tezos. I know a lot of people are kind of a little bit scared to dip their toes into Tezos sometimes for art, but the gen art there is pretty high quality. It's a lot cheaper a lot of the time. Like the drops are a lot cheaper. Um, and if you if you buy art early and you bet on bet on really good gen artists um, from there, that later on when they come to an art block drop, if they ever do one, and you bought their work on Tezos early on, you can do pretty well there too. Um, but yeah, those are those are all the three ways. I do agree with you that like. A lot of the top five to ten percent of art blocks collections, which are like Fidenza, Ringers, Squiggles, Archetypes, Meridians, they're all they're all over ten ETH entry floor. So it's kind of hard to like start there. And the other problem that we've seen lately is the bots on on the minting and everything. So it's kind of been a little bit hectic and crazy. And minting has kind of been become somewhat of an issue with art blocks. Like I haven't minted anything personally in a, in a quite a long time. So yeah, just like little, just to kind of stay in the, stay in the community, stay active, learn a bit. And if you really want to get something, you know, hunt on OpenSea, wrapped ETH bid a little bit. Maybe someone will accept the bid. December is the best time to do it. Like there's not a lot of liquidity to go around right now. A lot of people tax loss harvesting for the year. So there's, there's some good buying opportunities. Like if you just bid on OpenSea and stuff. So if you're not minting a whole lot of stuff, very little hope for anyone else. And I, I have heard about the bot problem, which is super unfortunate, but I do think with every misfortune is an opportunity. And I, I really have a thesis that, and correct me if you think maybe I'm wrong. I think that the 2023, we see a lot more art passes to allow people to get in to these drops because there's obviously an appetite for it. If we have these collections sitting at these high floors and there's very few of them i mean there's part of the reason that their floors are high is the the guys deserve it because of who they are but obviously there's an appetite for these this style of curated drop and there, there really isn't that many like quality passes of, of teams that are delivering a good product i can think of three so DeFi, how do you f feel about curated drops in 2023 
And you bring up a great point. That's like, I feel like one of the ones you're talking about is GM Dow, which is one I've kind of looked at too. They've, they've only done five or six drops right now and all of them have been quite, quite good. Um, so I know all those artists that did GM Dow drops, they all have earlier Tezos projects that also have done quite well. So the quality there, I agree is good. And I think you're right. The, the, the hunger for like that token gated drop where you either know you're going to get a mint at a certain price and you don't have to deal with the bots and deal with the gas wars. Um, I do think that 2023 will bring more of that. Art blocks may even have to implement certain things like that. One example could be an artist doing a new drop if they have a previous art blocks drop and they want to give opportunities to the collectors and holders of those projects to mint early without bots. That's one way they can do things. People talk about friendship bracelets and how that might be like a certain number of friendship bracelets in your wallet. Maybe that gives you access, early access to mint. So I'm sure they're going to be experimenting. Um, and I agree with you. I think, I think more of these token gated type curated drops are going to become a bigger thing, especially if the bots don't go away. Yeah. I love the idea of the friendship bracelet. I think that's something we've seen before and I definitely think it, it can, it can work. Now, I know Emily, you were saying on a call earlier that you have some, experience from an art artist's point of view. So what are your thoughts going into 2023 for, for artists? Yeah, thanks. So um, um, as you said, like I have a background in fine art. Um, I did my MFA in painting at the New York Academy of Art and I worked at an art gallery on Madison Avenue for a while. Um, so I have like some experience in the New York art world and I, I got into NFTs because I lost my job when the pandemic hit um, and I just felt like, you know, NFTs were a lot more refreshing. There's way more, well, it, in my opinion, like a lot more innovation to be experienced and you know it's it's just opening up so many opportunities for artists as far as like uh art in the nft space i think one of the things that is needed is something that helps artists like gain exposure um i think when you're an independent artist it's really really difficult to like get your stuff out there or even if if you're a creator just you know just starting out um so that's one thing I would say. Yeah, no, I think you, I think you bring up a good point. Like it's, I don't think there's a lot of, and this is actually a good point about these art passes is that they're a really good way for artists to get into the space, but they would have to have all the knowledge because a lot of these, these passes will actually do a lot of the wear work, like leg work, sorry. They'll, they'll, they're the guys who are off in the promotion and they're the ones who are going to help you uh, set up the, the mint process and, and, and things of that nature. So I definitely... I definitely see this being a, a point of growth in 2023 and it's something that I'm really trying to get ahead of because I, I do think there's a lot of opportunity there. So here's the thing. One thing, I, so I love the NFT space and I definitely want to keep participating in it and I'm really super bullish on all these communities forming. But one thing that I'm just, I feel like myself and many others, because the market has reacted this way, are becoming a little tired of is just the, the team execution risk. And there's got to be some other ways that we can participate in this space without having to worry about that necessarily like this with yuga labs i think now we're starting to see they're going to start executing on their roadmap and it's going to be really interesting interesting to see how the market reacts to their execution because this is really like the whole like the whole ecosystem in nfts right now is propped up by the fact that no one has delivered a product yet they have simply the roadmaps and the teams in place but there's very few projects who have delivered on their roadmap and once you start delivering that is when the market will decide how it feels about it. So that's a great thing, but it's also a scary thing. And in a space that's so volatile as it is, I really feel that investors will look to another place in this community that maybe has a, not, I don't know if safer is the right word, but has less risk associated with it. And I can't help but feel, you know, like we've seen it with uh, meme projects like MFers, I feel like and like our blocks have done extremely well over the despair, and I think that really would continue. But like we mentioned earlier, is the, the floor on some of these are just so so high. So that is an issue, and so in my opinion, there's an appetite that isn't being fulfilled. And if my thesis is right, the people who are ahead of the trend in 2023 could reap the most rewards coming from that. So yeah, and I just wanted to say, like, I think because you know like you said, this bear market, um, there isn't as much emphasis on like, oh, we got to get the quick flip. We got to, you know, get this 
like Forex or whatever. And I think we're seeing a lot more uh, just genuine art collecting happening. So I think that's pretty interesting and I think it's good. Yeah. And to, to add to that too, I think that's when I first started buying NFTs early 2021, I think that's kind of how it was when it started. You know, I didn't, I didn't buy my first NFTs hoping to make 10 X in, in a month or two. Like I was under the impression that most of my friends and most of the people I knew wouldn't even know what an NFT was. I remember talking about this in, in January, 2021 um, saying, I don't think any, I think in five years, everyone will know what an NFT is. And that timeline actually happened in five months. And that's why some of these prices got so crazy. But yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. We're, we're kind of back into this peak of time or this period of time where we're just collecting what we love, not expecting to make 10x returns in a month. And that's how NFTs really started, I feel like. So that's a healthy healthy place to be, I think. Yeah, I would totally agree. And one thing we've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but me as a NFT collector, I've really started to gear my attention towards art, which I never really did before. Like I didn't think about art that much, especially traditional art, but generative art really interests me. But I don't, so I feel like there's a, probably a lot of NFT collectors who have at least started to think about art in a different way. Like in, even just printing it off and put it on the wall. Like I have, there was this old project called uh, Koala Intelligence Agency, <laughs> the KIA back in the day. It was like the first project I really loved and I actually still have it on my wall even though it's kind of gone to ruins. But the point being is, you know, there's a lot of DGENs who are actually kind of looking at art in a different way. This is where a lot of the support for these NFT artists have come from who do generative art. But I'm really curious, but what happens and if, like, will the traditional art world embrace NFTs? I feel like they have to at some point, but maybe that's just us thinking that. Like, do they have to embrace NFTs? Um, I think something that's happening in this space is, uh, even like using myself as an example, is you have people that may not have had that exposure to art, so they didn't have that, you know, innate appreciation for it because they haven't been around that for like a part of their life. And now that they're involved in the NFT space, they're becoming more and more appreciative of the work that people are doing. And they're starting to note, notice like different nuances and the effort that it takes to actually create uh, various pieces. And as more people obviously appreciate that, then the market's changing where people are actually now going after art as opposed to just PFP projects um, that you know we're used to seeing so many of. And that flood of the market, but also as that appetite increases for, you know, I'll say fine art um, to kind of differentiate between, you know, fine art and just, you know, for instance, like my, you know, my Demon Betty or Dead Fellers or a Cool Cats or a Doodles. Um, as that appetite increases, I think that the traditional art world will tend to kind of flock more towards where the money is, which will be Web3, hopefully. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, I mean, you can already see the traditional fine art world starting to embrace in certain in certain ways, like, you know, Pace Gallery has a partnership with Artblocks, DeFi, probably you're familiar with that. And yeah, I think I think we're seeing like, you know, also like heavy hitters like Kenny Schachter has like a, an NFT um, community that he's started. And, you know, so these things are starting to kind of pop up. Um, sorry, my dog's barking. I was going to say, like, as far as, like, the artists that I know, a lot of them are really, really suspicious of NFTs. And, you know, they don't really see how they can work it into their practice in a way that's meaningful. Um, and a lot of them just see speculation and they're turned off by it. So I think that there's definitely, like you said, the fine art world will follow the money, I think. Um, and I think that there's, you know, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg when it comes to fine art and what in NFTs, some things will, will stay separate, but then others are bleeding through. So, yeah, I think a major point, a major, major thing to point out something you said earlier, which is the onboarding just isn't there. It is very difficult if you're an artist to just hop in web theory and have success because it just doesn't work like that. Like you see a lot of great artists posting their art and it doesn't necessarily do a whole lot but i also think that generative art like tyler hobbs is, is i hope that's his name um is really the 
the the answer right now is because it's it kind of caters more to like the dgens i believe that generative gets still that it's like coding and it's still kind of i don't for lack of a better word it's a little bit nerdy and i think traditional artists might have a little more friction like there's probably like it's such a niche market to begin with so there's like the pfps have all the audience and then it would go like generative art and then blah blah da 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 down to like traditional art so that is to me is a point of friction that might be a tricky thing and then photography too like i really i i'm surprised we keep talking about photography and nfts and a few of them have done well like drifter shoots but i'm quite surprised that actually photography nft hasn't become more prevalent what do you think DeFi? yeah i think it kind of goes to what you just said there too, like the DGen aspect. I think our blocks and generate as a whole has still gives that like it feeds that need because of all the collectability. You look through the traits, you look for rarities, you you look for aesthetics, you look at pretty art versus projects you don't love as much. Um, and Genart for me ha- has filled that need even when like I was collecting Genart before I was collecting PFPs really. So like it, it's always kind of been very similar in terms of being able to sift through the properties and and go that way whereas um some of the like some of the addition collections i guess or even photography even if they're one of one it really just speaks to wh- how collectors and traders like to like to do these things i think overall there just maybe hasn't become enough popularity in that sector yet maybe there's not maybe it's just the community is not quite large enough but it could get to that point i think that crypto and gen art was like a very kind of a much, almost a match made in heaven and so it's built this giant community on art blocks on fx hash like there these are pretty large communities of collectors whereas photography nfts it doesn't have that maybe just quite yet it could get to that point but i think that that's kind of what's happened a little bit I think uh, a big problem with art in the space in general, and so I'm a hobbyist photographer, and I've considered a couple times like trying to sell different pieces, and uh, most of which I never even post anywhere online. I mostly just do it for fun. And the problem is, like, if you're a photographer, you're not a marketer. Like, you don't know how to actually get your product out there, and very few people, I feel like, really kind of join those skills together and even now being in the web three space for probably a little more than a year and a half now um i'm still terrible at marketing and you know i recently felt like probably a month ago i was like oh maybe i should try to sell a couple pieces and i like asked around a bit i'm like i have no idea where to start like yeah i can post it and tweet about it and yeah sure like five people might see my tweet but it's not a sustainable business um just yet and i also wonder so i think like that's a problem that's something where like our bar art blocks and projects like that and brands like that can come into play where you kind of have those services there available for you to, you know, help you launch, you know, whatever your art project is. Um, so that's definitely a good thing, but I had another point, cannot remember what it was now, but I think that's just like, I think that's going to hold people back when it comes to art is especially we are so strongly dependent on Twitter and their algorithms and how all of that works that if it's not seen, you could be the greatest artist in the world. If no one's seeing it, you're not going to sell it. So we need stuff like our blocks. Yeah, it kind of just further feed the, feeds the, ent- the theory that we just simply will see more of these passes, whether or not it happens in 2023 or 2024. There, there, there seems to be a real need for it because it's, it is a difficult thing to um to get into the space and especially get the eyes on you you know it's not necessarily the best product but it's usually the best market and so i think that kind of rings true for this i see there's still so much gatekeeping i was gonna say i mean someone mentioned that earlier but yeah i mean so much is is reliant on influencers which you know Mm -hmm. uh for better or worse um, I think communities are really going to be the solution to that. And I've always just felt that, I mean, since I've gotten into Web3, that communities are going to be art galleries in the future. You know, like communities will vote and uh, decide and become the tastemakers. So that's what I would really like to see. And I think 
there's really a need for it. You know, like there's so many artists, independent artists. And, you know, I didn't know Nick did photography, but, you know, if you were part of a community that you could go to and people there embraced what you were doing and you got some visibility, you know, that's how all these things work. Like that's what Web3 is about is, you know, collaboration. 100%. Yeah. I know my the other point I wanted to make also is from a technology aspect, you know, using photography as an example where, you know, right click save is a, it's an issue in some ways. We think about the value of your NFT. So when right clicking saving, you know, your doodle, like who cares? Like they can't sell that and make any money on it. They're not going to flip their, you know, their screenshot of your NFT. But when it comes to photography, the way I look at it as a consumer is if I see like this gorgeous photograph that I love, um now let's kind of take the morals and ethics out of it because i would want to support the artist if we take that aspect out of it if that product that picture is available on wherever they're selling it's available at full resolution then why am i going to pay for that i can now just get the full res of that and i can either send it to a print shop i can set it as my desktop background i can do whatever i want with it and not spend that money and now there are different you know to, you know there are different options i know on OpenSea, i've seen it where there's a file associated with the NFT that you can download, but I'm sure that there's learning curves around that and not everyone knows how to utilize that where you could have the NFT be a lower resolution and then have when they buy it, you get a- you get access to the larger resolution picture. Um, but without having that, we're going to have difficulties selling products to I think like en masse because of the fact that it's like, well, I can just save this and print it and I can now have this you know, two foot by two foot picture on my wall that I just got for free minus the print cost. So um, we need the technology to kind of be more accessible in my eyes as well in order for, you know, different types of art to be able to succeed in the space. Yeah, two points brought up over those, over you two speaking that I wanted to comment on because I kind of like the points. A, what Nick just said is, you know, why pay where you can just print it, which is kind of a good point. So I think a lot of like, quote unquote, normies would definitely be in that mindset. But I would argue and open to interpretation that there, it would be potentially the younger crowd that really, really understand like the online social signal aspect of having it in your wallet is a flex and potentially that could drive sales. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just so hard to say with photography, like, but that is a solid point about, I know for sure, like my friends who razz me about this stuff would definitely be on board with that. But I would like to think like my, my son, he's only 10 and he is all about owning digital things and he doesn't really even understand what an NFT is. So I think potentially some of the stuff, we, it makes me feel like maybe we just forget about how early we are. Like we are so so early there's there's probably 5,000 people trading nfts on a daily basis right now which is just mind-blowing considering where we came from but the point that emily made that i really liked was using community as exposure that is such a key point and something i wanted to bring up it just to kind of fall back on that point as evidence is simply um you see my, my profile pictures fan gang it's a small community a the floor price is, the floor price is low which makes me feel safe to build my ip around it because i was using my doodle and i'm just there's so many in my opinion risks involved i'm just like i'm apprehensive to go on this long journey building this whole ip around this thing that i may want to exit like it might happen like it's a lot of money at stake if i had unlimited money i probably wouldn't worry about it but i'm not in that situation so it's kind of just a safety play for myself but one of the things that happened when i joined this community they were like super supportive of everything I'm doing and the teams we're even in discussions now about them supporting the podcast in some way you know it'd be like the the stb radio powered by fan gang and they would offer perks to support support me as a content creator and even as far going down the rabbit hole of creating utility in their project to empower content creators so I think you nailed that right on the head with community as exposure I really kind of like that point the kind of direct the convo a little bit because I, I there was something here i wrote down that i kind of was curious to hear DeFi speak on is that there's there's constantly big projects in the top 100 that in my opinion because i'm not knowledgeable in my mind they kind of pop out of nowhere so like right now there's this floating world genesis by um aa murakami like 
where like where did this come from yeah that's the pace drop that happened today right so i mean i'm not i'm probably not the best person to ask about the art blocks pace drops mainly because i don't love them from an aesthetic standpoint however i understand their like cultural importance and the importance of integrating um, pace and like traditional art with art blocks and i think that is what's super super important from a gen art perspective and using my like gen art goggles i kind of look at them some of the pace projects and say they're not really gen art to me they all look too similar they kind of feel more like addition sometimes than like a true gen art project however that being said i understand like why they're successful and why they're doing well and why they're probably good long-term investments. And I think it's really, I think just the fact that Artblocks and Pace have this happening right now is like one step forward into merging the worlds between NFTs and, and gen art. So NFTs I'm gonna, and traditional arts. I'm going to show a little bit of my ignorance here. Could you just explain to me what Pace is? Yeah. Pace is a, is a art gallery. It's like a, they, they have a, it's like a curated traditional art gallery. If I, Got if you. I'm correct, no. I believe it's so. Blue, Emily. Well, it's considered like, I would say blue chip art gallery, yeah. um, more like contemporary. Um, it's on the, the, well, they have a few locations, but um, it's one of the Chelsea art galleries in New York city. So uh, as far as like the mega galleries go, like pace is definitely one of them. So it's pretty big to have a, a collab or a partnership with Pace. That's pretty awesome. Being someone who is just simply scratching the surface, learning the stuff, subjectively, I'd say they look they look cool. Like they do look cool. You know, I, I don't think I hate it, but I also don't understand how this was done. Uh, I think once I got behind the scenes, like you're saying, maybe there's some things that I would I would question. But I definitely I definitely appreciate the generative art. And the thing about generative art that I find so fascinating is that it isn't new. Like these guys were doing generative art on survey machines, like in the 1930s like, and 20s. So Deep, I don't know if you have any like knowledge on the history of generative art at all. Yeah, I I mean, I, I obviously, I got into gen art like early 2021. So I'm by no means an expert learning more every day. But I think the way it kind of used to be was if you were a gen artist, you created your algorithm, you, you, you put it out, you put out a bunch of outputs and you would kind of curate yourself from the outputs, the ones you wanted to sell. And maybe you'd, you'd print out some prints, take them to an art show, try and sell a couple, a couple prints, so to speak. That's kind of how it was before art blocks and before this like product market fit between crypto and gen art, because what it allowed is for these artists now to put out these algorithms and have all these outputs appear on screens they don't need to print out a thousand of them like dimitri doesn't have dimitri cherniak doesn't have to print out a thousand ringers and then take him to an art show and try and sell them it's kind of allowed the algorithm to be the product and us as consumers we love the aspect or at least i that's how i fell in love with art blocks the minting aspect early on before there was uh, Dutch auctions and before there was um, the, the way it is now with the bots it was just a strictly a gas war where you would pay your 0.1 ETH or whatever the asking price was spike your gas and try and get one of 1000 and you had no idea what you were going to get the artist had no idea what you were going to get it was just it, it was like a game and it's exciting for everyone and then you get to trade between the different properties so I get, again, it kind of I'm rambling a bit, but it brings me back to like the, the product market fit between Ethereum and blockchain and Gen Art. It just allowed for this this new community and this product to be to be created that I think a lot of collectors have kind of fallen in love with. No, it's super interesting. So I it guess to, to kind of like summarize quickly, like, so the like the best place to start is Discord. Get in there, start reading, and kind of take it from there. Not to get on top of a bit, but um, I heard you have something to say, Nick, but just real quick. Um, I don't know. You go ahead, Nick, if you had something. Did you have something to say, Nick? Oh, no, I was just saying that it was really cool. Um, but it did one thing that he said as far as the artist not knowing what someone was going to get. I will say I've run a few random art generators for PFP projects for, um, for different projects. And I 
am a big fan of not having the artist see the final product because then they don't know. And I like, and obviously I get it reviewed. I get it reviewed by multiple people, make sure there aren't mistakes. And if there are, they see those mistakes and they fix them, but not showing them the final product of all say 10,000 pieces and even having everyone, both the purchaser and the artist being surprised of what's coming out from that output. Uh, it's, it's honestly a ton of fun. I will, I will say to that though, there's still some type of curation aspect there if you're generating um, and you're, and then you're picking from the, like the outputs you're, you're, you're going to, you have to like narrow it down in a sense. That's kind of how it works with a lot of the PFP projects. I believe it's they're out, they're generated. The outputs are generated. And then I guess selected from the outputs, we pick the best 5,000 or 10,000. Whereas with like a generate project, you, you literally have no, like no idea. So that's why I think Fidenza was so successful uh, at the time that it was is because you if you minted a fidenza you there was a, a 95 to 98 percent chance you got a pretty beautiful piece of generative art that like it was it there was so much differentiation between the mints yet they were all so lovely and easy to look at and i think that's why collectors kind of fell in love i know it's easy to pinpoint fidenza there but um <laughs> yeah just like the the ability like i think that's what people really love it's just you got like the randomness and that's what makes it so difficult too right it's so hard if you have a thousand or 600 outputs how do i how do we make sure all of these outputs are actually going to be good it's a very difficult yeah. thing to do yeah it's definitely really cool i will i will just say as far as the pfp projects go the way i've always run them and seen other um developers run them is we obviously we put the weights in you know the artist or the project founder, whomever it is, will say, we want to see these trades as many times. Um, but then we put in the maximum amount and it's not necessarily picking from, like we don't generate 20,000 and pick 10,000. Uh, we do just generate the full 10,000 and that's what gets sold. But that's really cool. Like, I mean, generative art in, in general is just such an interesting uh, topic and it's really crazy to see what can be created and really not even fully knowing what that output's going to be. So cool stuff so question i guess for for everyone up here does anyone have any um does anyone own like moonbirds or, or proof i don't i thought about getting one when um i sold my mutant but i just held off i'm actually uh, i'm curious boy. to know i'm curious to know like heard a lot about kevin rose and everything but i'm i'm not entirely sure like what the what the value is there Aside from, you know, they have like a, a community full of apes and punks. And so I think there's a whole lot of alpha. I mean, I, I could talk about this. I'll try and go as fast as I can. But I have an interesting story about Proof. Um, so I listened to Modern Finance and the Proof podcast with Kevin Rose well before Proof even minted. So I, I actually I enjoyed listening to Kevin talk to his guests. He had he had Snowfro on. He had Tyler Hobbs on. Dimitri Chernak, a lot of gen artists. He he had all those people on his podcast before Proof even minted. And the day Proof minted, it was like very early on in the Dutch auction process. Um, there hadn't been too many Dutch auctions previously, even in art blocks. Like there, it was still rather a new form of of uh, sale. And so his th this one was really really long. It was like a four hour auction started at five ETH, and I think the resting price was like one ETH or half an ETH or whatever. It got down to, to one before it minted out. But I was actually watching the mint for like two hours. And then I had to go to a haircut because I was leaving for a trip the next day. And I messaged a friend. I was like, hey, if it gets down to like, whenever it's 50% minted, could you try and mint me one? And he tried, it failed because it minted out at that point. And by the time I was home, it was already like two or three X what the mint sold out for. And this again, this was very early in the Dutch auction like life cycle so it's really hard to gauge what things were actually worth you know like the mint got down to one so you kind of wish you got it at one but now it's trading at three again are you still going to buy it for three who knows is it going to fall pump so i actually didn't end up buying one and it's one of my biggest like regrets or or misses since i've been trading nfts because obviously liked kevin rose and i was bullish on him but then you just saw proof kind of explode to where it became like the grails they did the the grails drops and then they got all got moonbirds and then the proof passes went to 150 eth and like now where we're at today and this is from some of my grailers friends in a discord i'm in it's kind of information that they are feeding me now 
what you have now is a lot of people who bought those proof passes at like 100 ETH or 150 ETH. And that's what's, the, that's what's in the Discord right now. So it's a lot of people who are down on their investments, whereas early on, there's a lot of people who are up on their investments and then getting airdrops from Moonbirds and stuff. So it's probably a very unique part of time right now in that Discord. So it's hard to say if people are enjoying it as much or if people are regretting investing in it because we're in this like weird bear market phase of how, have you made money or lost money? It's, it's really, it's a tricky, tricky place to be, I guess, right now. Yeah, this is why hype just really often does a lot more harm than it does good long term, you know? I mean, 100%. obviously, there's there's so much value there. But like you said, a lot of people are down on an investment of 150 ETH. And it's just really hard to say, like, I mean, even Bored Apes and like, I think they will recover, obviously. But, you know, um, it's hard to say, will they ever reach you know, will will mutants go back up to like forty ETH again um, after all of this? Uh, so it's really uncertain. I agree with you. So the one thing about Grails that I like, so season three was announced. So it's, I'll be I'll be curious to see who the artist is. They have a if you go on their actually I could I could probably pin this to the top. Oh, I'm on my computer. Let me see if I let me see if I can do this. But the nice thing about a collection like this is yeah yeah. Okay, a lot of people are down bad, but the beautiful thing is with the relationships this guy has is you at least can probably make back a substantial amount over time if you are willing to sell some of these drops. So they did announce season three artwork. It looks pretty dope, but you know, I feel like there's a lot of, let's call it FUD or disenchantment with the whole ecosystem with Proof. You know, given even what's going on with Moonbirds, I mean, that... The, the backgrounds like it seemed like the market was undecided but now there's been a lot of selling pressure on moonbirds proof you know obviously is still holding a pretty impressive floor but not what it was so it i'm pretty i'm so undecided like i I'm, I'm actually thinking about potentially making a play on a moonbirds because i'm i would say i'm pretty optimistic on the future of art in the space and i feel like they're trying to for lack of a better understanding make some form of a competitor to art blocks is kind of what it seems what the narrative is in, in the in the discord so it, it's an interesting play i don't know i don't know like overall are we bullish bears on, on this ecosystem i think the best strategy you can take is try and find unbiased proof discord members or people who are in the community and like any anyone you might know or trust or or connections you've made along the way and see their honest take um about how they're feeling about proof, if they're bullish. I feel like there's people that I've spoken to who are, who are truly honest with me. Like when I ask them, like, should I buy a proof pass? Should I buy a Moonbird? What's the Discord like? Um, and I get like, I'm not going to say that it's good or bad or that I'm, gonna, I'm not going to FUD proof or say that it's going to be amazing. But just looking for those honest takes of people who are, are in the community and willing to share their experiences and how they feel long term. One thing I will say with proof is I remember when it first came out, Kevin talked about like a three year time horizon. And I think that's one of the things that kind of steered me off of minting as well. It's because I was like, what's this going to be in three years? Is it going to still exist? Are they, are the proof passes going to get burned in three years? And we're going to have to buy new ones. I don't know if that's been cleared up by Kevin in the discord or whatnot, but that was what I remember that being one thing where I was like, is this going to, last forever like i don't know what the plan is yeah i kind of feel that sentiment and in some ways like i know we're getting this has come more more like dj and talk but look like i kind of i meant to doodles i still have i still have it but i'm just like man i wish i had some kind of clarity as to what we're building here because like sometimes Maybe just the way my mind works. It's like I like to understand the business we're building. And with doodles, they're just so all over the place, you know? Like they're really widespread. Like it's sometimes I think they're building like a like a trendy clothing brand. And other times I think I'm, they're building a music empire. And other times I think they're building a gaming studio. And other times I think they're building uh, golf courses. That's a joke. But so I don't know. I'm just, there's just like a lot. They're building a lot. It's not an easy a task. So, you know, you know, it's just one of those things where what's the best play here? Like nobody, nobody knows. You know what I mean? I, I will say though, probably a sneaky play is what all the women with, cause they were doing 
they were dropping air dropping those art pieces. I forget what they called them. And some of those were holding good value. And then they stopped. I forget the exact reason, but that created some anger, I guess you could say, in, in Discord. But I feel like they did say something about them getting back on. I mean, do you have any insight on those drops if they're doing it again or do you remember remember those um so i think you're talking about how they were uh they were doing art drops for different artists in their community right yeah i'm not sure yeah they i even, mean i've gotten like i got i i got a drop that was like um the artist from super loud up did a piece with them and i feel like even i have this one on my wall i swear it was done by someone in the dead fellas team I don't know, if, or if maybe I got that from actually. Maybe that that might have been from when I owned a dead fellow. Um, but anyway, they were they were airdropping art to their holders. From- yeah, they were doing that for a while, and then um, I think they stopped, and then they started back up. But that wasn't really why I got into WoW. But I mean, I I love the the art and the philanthropy. First of all, they're like the leading women focused nft project so i think that over time that's you know to me i think obviously it's gonna accrue value you know like you said everything's uncertain i would think that that's a big play i mean i know i'm talking my bags a little bit but you know yeah no i i like i um i definitely i minted wow and i sold out then i bought back in i'm it's kind of it's kind of similar like but then I, to be, I'm not going to lie, I did sell at, I think it was 2.5. They raised in my, like they raised a lot of money, like a lot, a lot of money. And I yeah. mean, a, a lot of projects have. One thing that I'm so, and obviously like same with DoodlePod, same with like the gala. These projects are spending so much money on yeah. IRL events and we're in this middle of the bear. I don't know. They're just like this weird kind of I think that's yeah I think that's totally valid and that's the biggest criticism really is that you know they they um raised all this money especially with their wow galaxy mint right and then there's kind of no clarity on where things are going forward um like is this a business or they are the leading women focused profile picture nft I mean that in itself I think has a lot of value it's just that you know, there just isn't a whole lot of clarity on the future of. So I think that's what's causing FUD and. Nick, I'm wondering, can you try to bring up uh, Fatty? We're gonna we're gonna end this, but I want to bring up Fatty Bakes just for a minute before we do. He is a Reddit artist. He was a little bit behind. I just wanted to say hello, and I, I'm trying to invite to speak. I'm trying to let him. Let me give that a shot there. I sent the invite. So I actually, I had minted. Um, I had minted World of Women and. I can't remember what their different utilities were. They had three different categories if you held certain tokens. And I ended up seeing that it was about, I think it was like 90% of the holders of those tokens for these, for that, like the value in that token for the utility uh, were all influencers. And I was just, and they were like, oh, it was random. And, you know, some people were leaking, like, oh, nope, we talked talk to them. They, and they, they admitted, like, no, World of Women, they gave us these tokens. Um, and it was just, it was outrageous. So I sold really, really quickly. And then, of course, they did really well. And people looked past that because there is a positive to the project where they are, this woman-founded project, um, when there really weren't any in the space at the time. And it was much needed. But when I saw that and that they were just basically setting influencers up for just greater success, I was outraged and dumped my bags immediately. Yeah, that's annoying. I mean, I think I think it's common, right? And we've seen it many times. And yeah, it's good Sadly, that you were yes. you noticed it. Yeah, and at that time too, we got to remember when this happened. This was like early, early on in the in the early days, and there it was yeah. really the wild west. So. It was definitely unfortunate and good for you to stick into your to your uh, guns and, and dumping those if you don't agree with it. But it was I, I do remember all that. There was a lot of kind of fun going on, especially with people didn't really understand the royalty thing that they were trying to do. So that created some some other um, issues. I think that's what you're referring to. Uh, we do have Fatty Bangs on the stage. This dude is amazing. Big fan. He's one of the um, artists that was on season, I believe, season one and two. Or maybe just two. I don't know. He'll correct me on that. Of uh, the Reddit avatars. So we are over time a little bit. But I wanted just to sneak a few comments in from from Fatty. Uh, maybe just say hello and just correct me if 
I was wrong about you being on both seasons. No, it's all good, man. Uh, I am I am definitely on both seasons. Uh, I appreciate you having me up here, Chris. Sorry I was late. I know I was supposed to be here earlier. Um, I have a newborn, man, and he is going buck wild. You might hear him in the background. Uh, oh, I, feel so I, I feel it. Trust I, me. <laughs> you know, then I've been at the mercy of his schedule. Um, so it's been, I've been shy. I've been spotty all over the place. Um, but yeah, no, both seasons, man. I really appreciate you having me up. I got to tune in a little bit and listen, uh, on my other computer. And I was hearing some of the stuff you guys were talking about, uh, sounded very insightful. And also, uh, you know, just curious to, to see uh, how this space goes for you guys and, and kind of the topics you hit. But, uh, as far as Reddit goes, yeah, I did both seasons. Uh, I was one of their flagship artists, um, been rocking and rolling uh, with them also trying to get them to launch a Reddit talks, um, you know, basically a weekly talk where we bring up artists and highlight them. Uh, and then other than that, I host my own spaces, man. So, uh, thank you for having me up. I hope everything's going good for everybody and happy holidays for sure. Love the energy. Honestly, love the energy. Love the energy. It definitely is great to hear. So I'm glad I was I right about that. So I guess, before, you know, one thing I'm curious about, so you're kind of in with the crowd a lot. Of, so it, unfortunately, and it is unfortunate, it's like the Reddit avatar is a different, obviously it's on a different platform. And it's kind of, you know, there are some people that mingle in both. Like I own them. I think they're great. And I, but you know, there's a lot of people that are just so stuck in our little locker chamber here that, you know, they get whatever um, opinion and they kind of stick to it because it was a little unfortunate how there was these influencers on our side really pumping them up and selling, which was kind of unfortunate. So there's some bad taste in people's mouths from that. But what's kind of the sentiment amongst the people that are big in these communities for Reddit avatars? Like, are people pretty, pretty happy or is it some despair because they're down bad or, or like what's the general vibe? Um, I think there's like a lot of different ways to to look at it. And something I've been on a soapbox uh, screaming about since they, they came out. I mean, a little background. I've been in DeFi since Mt. Gox. Uh, I'm a DeFi dude originally. Uh, I'm definitely uh, an NFT guy. I got into doing all that, run my own projects. I'm the artist behind them as well. And Reddit reached out and was like, hey, you want to go on this side quest? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's fucking run it. Uh, and the one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, the one thing that happened was that Basically, it I saw an opportunity for mass retail adoption using art as a medium, which was a huge thing for me uh, because I've been preaching retail adoption since my days back with Olympus and my days as the CMO with them and building out the DAO and running a massive team over there. And retail adoption is one of the biggest difficulties that we have in this space. And if we segregate or add a, a level of tribalism to what we're doing, it causes a huge uh, issue and it's counterproductive to what we're really supposed to be doing. So to answer your question without being too long-winded, um, that segregation of like sides, like Twitter versus Reddit, I was trying to break that wall down the entire time. And I think I was quite successful in a lot of ways. Uh, some larger Twitter spaces had me up and, you know, uh, let me say my piece as far as like, look, this is healthy for Web3 in general. Like NFTs, whether people know they're using them or not, create a segue into the Web3 ecosystem. Uh, and that's what we were doing. I said, look, let's educate these people that buy Reddit NFTs. And once we educate them through education, we create retention in the space and that's fucking huge so by retaining these people because we educated them on something that they thought was taboo in the past but they were brought in because they thought it was cute quirky and art was the medium uh we created something uh we've we've actually succeeded in in a level of retail onboarding so communities i think people are still on the fence i mean everything's down bad in its own way it's up down up down we're in a bear um, you know, Reddit definitely is going to continue building. They're not, uh, they're not stopping. This was a massive success. I have no idea what they're going to do next, but it will be something. Um, and I think there's people on both sides, uh, but the NFT community that was created from Reddit and, and the people that hold the avatars, those guys are like hardcore. It reminds me of like the chain link soldiers and shit like that. It's like some really diehard guys that love their avatars. So really cool stuff. No, you love to hear it. Now, unfortunately, we are past our time, but I wanted to an opportunity to ask you those couple questions and get your energy on the spaces and in the podcast. So I definitely appreciate you coming up, just saying those few things. Anything else we should cover here, or do you think we're we're good, Nick and Emily? Do you find anything you want to say? I just want to, I just want to say that I love the. Uh, I got two different Reddit avatar NFTs uh, for free through Reddit, and they're a really awesome surprise. You didn't dump them? 
I didn't dump them. No, I actually transferred them to my my uh, ledger. Way to go! Love that. Got to pick up some fatty bangs NFTs, boy. <laughs> anyway, with all that, DeFi, man, really appreciate your insight. I am going to go join the Art Blocks Discord, do some learning, see if we can get ahead of this this mass onboarding of passes we're going to do to bring in some more artists and destroy these gatekeepers. That's the plan. So definitely appreciate everyone who joined and listened in on the podcast and the spaces today. We will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. EST. Thank you very much. Peace. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, everybody.